When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and so happy to be back in a new year, bringing you more candid conversations with women leaders. Uh, We have an incredible lineup for 2023. And starting us off is going to be my guest in just a moment. I'll be joined by Dr. Joe Shattuck. And Dr. Joe is, um, she's a champion athlete, racquetball player. She's also a neuroscientist. And she is now the founder and CEO of a brand new company called Panther Tech, which is a uh, company that she has uh, developed and invented products that are wearables for athletes to help with their muscle memory and their um, expertise while they're performing their different sports. And um, also later in the show, we'll be joined by Sherry Morrison, our Lifestyle Watch contributor. And Sherry's going to be with um, Anna Welsh. Anna actually started uh, her first company at the age of 12 when she launched Anna's Little Bags, and um, it's a sustainability company. She designs these beautiful handbags and other accessories, and Sherry's going to bring her story to us. And then at the end of the show, you'll hear from Carol Eggert as well, um, our Veterans and Military Watch contributor from Comcast NBC Universal. So now I'm very excited and thrilled to welcome to the show Dr. Joe Shattuck. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. I think um, certainly what you've done most recently is an incredibly exciting company. um, And we're going to talk all about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about your background and um, where you came from. Um, But I did want to just give an opportunity right at the top of the show to tell our viewers what exactly Panther Tech is. Sure. Uh, Well, first I'll spell the name. Panther actually stands for Principles of Athletics and Neuroscience Towards Human Expertise plus Tech Technology. That's where the Panther comes from. And that's kind of our theme. Um, And uh, in summary, the the main thing it does, it's a, a one of the products is a CAT sensor. CAT stands for Kinesthetic Awareness Training. But the best way to describe it is if you ever try to learn something, say a tennis swing or a rehab exercise, and it goes great during the lesson and you get home and you can't remember what you did or how you did it, your body doesn't remember, right? So what if you had a wearable sensor that you could wear as you learn and it learns the movement with you and then teaches that skill or movement back to you with vibrations you actually feel through the sensor? So that's the the two through the device that you wear. So that's the two minute explanation of what our flagship product is. 
Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. Um, I want to talk about your your upbringing and and you you were very candid with me in our introductory call. Um, I wanted to start off with a quote. You said, "I wanted to be the best in the world as a female boxer, soccer <clears throat> player, or a dart thrower." <laughs> That, that was you in grade school with your big pipe dreams. Yes, yes. Tell me about, tell me about that little girl. And um, that's a very interesting and eclectic mix of. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. So I wanted I wanted to be good at something. And a little bit of the story is, you know, I wanted to be a boxer. So I took my dad's army duffel bag and hung it from a rafter in the basement. And I would, you know, practice in there with, I'd wrap socks on my hands, whatever. And, you know, of course I didn't know what I was doing. And. And then I tired of that. And then I said, I'm going to be the world's best dart thrower. So I, you know, got a dart board one year for Christmas and I would practice, you know, doing that. And then under the, under the leg and, and I accidentally poked myself in the, the ankle and it bled all over the place. I'm like, okay, oh, that's no. the end of that. Yeah. So then I was going to be the world's best soccer player. And I, I don't know what it was, but I would kick my little, you know, the little red kickballs. So not even a real soccer ball with not even real soccer shoes, just up and down in the alley and kick it to myself. And yeah. I don't know where it comes from, but that's what I did. And uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, you were active, right? And you were, you were full of energy, um, you know, and, and I think that's not the case for, for every child. Some, some mm -hmm. of us are more kind of sedentary, thoughtful thinking mm -hmm. and others have this, I would say a different biorhythm, right? Where we just need to, to physically be moving. And I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say that. I would say that. And I, I ran quite a bit in high school. I, I ran a marathon when I was 15, uh, the day before my 16th birthday. Um, it was always achievement oriented, I think is, is a good way to describe me as a kid. And the process of, of oh, can I do that? I don't know if I can do that. Let's try kind of thing. Yeah. Um, talk about your, your teenage years. You, you also shared with me that you, you know, you were struggling to kind of figure out where exactly you were headed. So you got in trouble, you know, as many teenagers <laughs> do. Um, but I love that your mom, you know, your your mom was really there supporting you and encouraging you um, to kind of figure out where your path should lead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, I, part of my pro career, I would, you know, give little speeches to students or schools or whatever. And I would sometimes, depending on the the audience, I would start it off as, you know, in the ninth grade, I was smoking weed behind the dumpster. And, you know, that got every, everyone's attention, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, do you really want to say that? Well, it's the truth. So my mom saw that, you know, I was not headed on a good path. And she signed me up for, you know, a dozen different activities, biking to, you know, Girl Scouts, which I got kicked out of, to, uh, you know, I don't know, sweater knitting, whatever it might be. And racquetball was one of the things at the local gym. And it was just, you know, I could ride my bike there. Um, and so uh, I started playing the racquetball league and I lost every game 21 to zero. And I just, I fell in love with the sport. And that's, wow. that's kind of how, how that happened. Well, isn't that interesting? You were not, you know, excelling in it immediately, but you still loved the game. What was it about racquetball? Oh, I don't know. At 360 degrees, um, loud, fast, aggressive. You could hit as hard or soft as you want. It had to do with being able to control something. Um, later on, I, I, after that, I went to college, undergraduate, and I remember the exact moment I wanted to be good, and I hit a ball, and I was just hitting by myself, right, not knowing anything what I was doing, and the ball went exactly where I wanted to and came right back to me, and it, it seems silly now, but I was like, life, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I want to be good at this. And then came all back to things of, I want to be the best player and the best somebody in the world at this. And yeah. so that's, that's how that started anyway. So you were actually introduced to racquetball. I, I thought you uh, came upon it at Louisiana Tech, but that's where you kind of found your fascination with how to perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so the, right before I went to Louisiana Tech, that was a, a short league that my mom had signed me up for in Hershey, Pennsylvania, actually. And that's where I was like, wow, this is great. Coincidentally, at LA Tech, uh, they had 13 courts. And um, it was just a perfect fit for me to just start to play. And that's where I developed the, the love of human motion, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Tell me about your mom. Tell me a little bit about your relationship <laughs> with your mom and how, you know, she really kind of helped support and guide you even through the troubled times. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom's an amazing woman, uh, dynamic, um, been through a lot herself. 
and picture the kind of, uh, well, I'll tell you a story. So at the top of the steps, when I was a little kid and I had a little butter knife, you know, they weren't pointy at that point, they were butter knife. And my mom said, Joe, if you, uh, if you run down those stairs with that knife, you're going to stab yourself. And I went, no, I'm not. And I took the knife and I did like that. And I ran down the stairs to show her that I was going to do it and not stab myself. And of course I did. And I stabbed myself <laughs> and, uh, it was fun. It was great anyway, but she always let me make the mistakes. I was like, Joe, she'd say, Joe, I think that's going to blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, maybe, but then she'd let me do it anyway. So I, I made mistakes. I did things. I, anyway, she, um, She's a wonderful woman. Uh, she's an artist herself. She uh, still paints. She's 80 something now and she still paints oh, wow. uh, with acrylic and oil and, and whatnot. She lives in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So okay. yeah, great lady. That's a wonderful place to, I, I forget, is that where you grew up? That's where I went to high school. Yeah. Okay. High school. Yeah. Where were you born? I was born in Puebla, Mexico, south of the border. My parents were hippies, had a VW bug or bus and all that then uh, the coast of Mississippi for about seven, eight years, and then to Pennsylvania. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's not a very traditional upbringing, you know. No. Uh, (laughs) And you got to see a lot of different places, you know, before you were even college age. Yeah, yeah, I did. We traveled quite a bit. We spent every summer down there. Um, And then when I started playing, you know, the pro tour, we traveled all over the world, Um, mostly the Western Hemisphere, but went to Japan a couple of times. and yeah, so I got to see a lot of the world for sure. It was great. So I mentioned Louisiana Tech. Was that a good fit for you? <laughs> it took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree. Oh, really? Which is odd because, you know, after I got my little bachelor's, I was like, I am never going back. And then now I have a master's and PhD and all that. But um, it, was just, it was a small town and uh, I would quit and, you know, go to school a little while and quit and go to school and I actually have a, an EMT certification that expired a long time ago, but it was when I moved up to Colorado at UC uh, Denver back when University of Colorado had a uh, program in Puebla. And I just wanted to play racquetball. I just wanted to be on the, the UC team and play racquetball. And so the only class that I could do in the evening was an EMT school. Um, uh, what is it called? Emergency medical technician. And yeah. they had classes in the evening. So I would train during the day and go in during the evening. And I only went for that six months and I got an F in every other class I took, but I got to be on the team and compete in the intercollegiate. And I actually got a world champion. I think that was 91. Me and uh, Susie Acosta are the collegiate world champions, 91 doubles. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, it's such an interesting path you've taken. When When you look at what you're doing today and what you've accomplished does it surprise you? I mean, you're the epitome of <laughs> yes. you're the epitome of never give up, right? Because it was kind of one step forward, one step back, once, and now you're an entrepreneur, a neuroscientist, a champion racquetball player. It's very interesting to me. Well, thank you. I don't know uh, what the question is, but yeah, I don't know if it's um, I don't know if it's better or worse, but yeah, it's always been the struggle for me. Uh, so. I actually lived in a camper for a couple of years without electricity just to afford be able to play the racquetball tour. This was before it got big. Uh, and I don't know. I, I do the hard things. I don't know why. I don't know what attracts me to do hard, stupid things. I always joke that why do I pick the hardest thing with the least amount of money or resources or experience? But yeah, let's do that. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and you always considered yourself an underdog. Absolutely. Yeah. So where do you think that comes from? Um, I, I actually, and this is going to be paradoxical, it might be a fear of failure, right? Because if you're an underdog, you're not expected to, and then fill in the blank of whatever the thing you're, you're, you're supposed to do, right? And I actually think in my pro career, I did get to world rank number six. I think that that underdog thing um, held me back. In other words, I only identified as an underdog trying to get to somewhere else. So then when I got near to the top, I was uncomfortable. I would subconsciously sabotage or say, well, I'm not good enough for that or find mm-hmm. find a reason that didn't exist yeah. to stay the underdog. Um, and of course, was- I didn't realize that until, you know, 15 years after I retired. But yeah, but that's what I that's think true. that comes from. Yeah, that's interesting. We all have a fear of failure. I think whenever, anytime mm-hmm. we do anything, we want to do it really well. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize your potential? I mean, you have to have a certain amount of intellectual ability to study and do the things that you've done 
and, and invent the product, which we'll be talking about. So do you mm-hmm. think underneath kind of the angst and the, and the fear, you recognized your potential, but you were trying to find the confidence to go after it? Uh, yes and no. I'd say yes, definitely. I recognized it. But I think more importantly, I enjoyed the process of doing whatever it is I wanted to do. It wasn't the end goal that, that I was going for. And maybe to a detriment, maybe, um, you know, more successful athletes and the winning at all costs. And I enjoyed the process um, enough. I enjoyed the process enough to stay an underdog, I guess, is the idea. Um, yes, a series of happenstance, I think, is has led to my my you know, modest successes thus far. Nothing is that there, I've built, created from inside. You say it's nothing that you did? I don't think so. Like, for example, I don't know how much time we have, but um, the reason I got in, I applied for um, uh, to get into graduate school and I had horrible grades in undergraduate and I had to take the GRE three times. And then I applied to all these schools and, and didn't get accepted to any of them. And then found out later that uh, I got a call to say, turns out you were accepted at the, the neuroscience program at University of Nebraska. I said, well, that must be a mistake because I just got a letter last week that said um, I wasn't accepted. And I don't know if it was a clerical error or not, but they had to let me in. So, <laughs> so there you have it. And my well, whole life. Had, yeah. yeah but then you had to prove yourself, right? You, yes. you get in, but you yes. have to be able to stay there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's stories like that, really, like happenstance kind of things. Yeah. Fate. Sometimes yeah. it's fate, right? Fate, fate. or luck. Yes. yes, I take it. Um, listen, we're going to go into our first break. When we come back, I want to I want to talk a little bit about um, control, and okay. and how you know you discovered, you know, when you played sports, you had this sense of control, and mm-hmm. and I want to know where you are with that today. Oh, interesting. Okay, Stay with good. us, and we'll be right back with Dr. Joe Shattuck. We are chop. And we can't wait to show you around. We're the nation's first children's hospital. Now, a care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center, 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first of its kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center, We have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention. Our patients come from every state and 115 countries. challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm joined this week by Dr. Joe Shattuck. Dr. Joe is a neuroscientist. She is a champion athlete, and she's the founder and CEO of a new company called Panther Tech. Um, just before the break, I mentioned the word control to you because I thought it was interesting when you described your um, sports career that it was that sense of control that um, you recognized that you had that. And I wonder if today where you are with that just in your professional career in your life? Do you feel as though you're driving the, the ship? <laughs> no, I don't even know if I'm on the right bus, actually. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned in sport and especially in individual sports as opposed to team sports. So when you compete in your racquetball, it's just you and the other and the, your opponent. Everything you do is up to you. So it doesn't matter if your teammate, you know, misses a pass or, or you know, any other any other things that happen in team sport. I think partly that's probably what drew me to individual sports is that if I wanted to do something or needed something done, I I had the power to do it. Um, and it was quite a lot different in my next two careers of of, uh, of academic research and and then also in a startup. Uh, for example, in, in a tournament, if it's if a serve failed you. And I was a crazy person. I know I would land, you know, from the tournament at the airport and go right to the athletic club to practice whatever the serve or whatever the skill it was that I, that didn't work at the tournament, at the racquetball tournament. And uh, that's kind of a crazy person, but I did that. And then when I got to um, uh, do movement disorders research at UC Anschutz, the ratio changed of you work this hard in sport and you get this much better. And in research, it takes forever. You do this much work, and you know a year later you see the result of your of your work. Whereas in sport, it's it's your control is immediate. And then in the startup world, almost everything's beyond your control. You can only do what you can do. You have you know employees, you have staff, you have people making decisions that greatly affect you that you never even meet, right? VCs and, and customers and sports partners and manufacturers and, and uh, the supply chain, all those things. So I've really had to sort of learn to manage my own lack of control and do better at the things I can control. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think I think we all live a more peaceful life when we're able to uh, accept the things that that we can control it. What is that? Mm-hmm. A, yeah, know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a called the Lord's actually. Prayer, but there've been yep. different variations of, of accept the things I can't control, deal with the things I can or vice versa. And the wisdom to know the difference. There and the difference is like this in, yes. in the real world. Really yeah. is. I think it's very true. Um, okay. Can you talk about your moment of inspiration when you decided yes. that you were going to invent this incredible product? Yes. So um, near the end of my career, um, I was the pro at the Denver Athletic Club in, in downtown Denver. And some athletes would fly in for six days and we do two a day training sessions, um, you know, kind of intense. And then they'd go up, go where they came from and come back in a couple months and we'd do it again. And I noticed that their mechanics, because racquetball is a highly technical sport, their biomechanics, their movement, you know, would deteriorated quite a bit when they were away. I'm like, what? what happened? Cause I know that we're practicing, but there's, there's muscle memory is not like other memory. You can't write it down to retrieve it like milk, eggs. Oh yeah. Bread, right. The doing it, the actual memory, remembering it is the skill is the memory. So when I was spend hours and hours, one-on-one with another athlete in a racquetball court saying, you know, you need to experience this sensation and then you're going to experience it, replicate it and recognize it when you practice at home. I realized there should be a way to save the sensation of movement, to save uh, my instruction or their own recognition of, oh, that felt great. I know that's how it's supposed to be. So that's where the the sensor comes from. And that if there was a way to have sensors that you wear that would learn the movement with you, essentially capture the thing you want, and it stores it, and then you adjust the column margins of error for a particular plane, and you feel the vibrations on your 
body to guide you into and through that movement. So it's an it it's a accelerates muscle memory is is the the whole idea. And that was the the frame the the inspiration was you were hitting beautifully before you left and now it's 6 weeks later and what happened to your stroke? In short. So so what I'm fascinated about in kind of researching all of this is mm-hmm. the correlation between you, the mind because athletics is so much a mental game, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. the muscle memory. So how do they work in tandem? In other words, I think a lot of athletes will say, particularly in golf, you know, Tiger Woods can hit the best mm-hmm. um, stroke of his life. And then, you know, two seconds later. Right. 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 So what's, what's happening? How much of that is mental? And Got it. So I wish I could say that, you know, this will fix everything. It won't because the brain is so complicated. Uh, and they, they say, you know, they say, you know, the 90% of what your brain does is, is subconscious, right? So um, the idea is that accelerating muscle memory will give you the confidence you know, that you can retrieve that correct stroke sooner than later or learn it quicker or adapt quicker, right? So, and this is interesting if you played sports when I was young, the way they taught it was that there's one way to do it and you have to do it that exact way a million times and that's how you get better. That's not, that's because of movement variability and some other technical things. That's not how they teach anymore. You have to perform in a wider breadth of uh, say margins of error. So you can perform this, it doesn't have to be this all, all the time. You can, under a lot of different circumstances, you can perform the same thing using movement adaptation strategies. Anyway, I'm kinda, I know I'm kind of nerding out. But anyway, the point is, the point is that um, if you can retrieve the proper stroke and the proper your body knows what it is sooner and learn it quicker, um, that would improve your confidence, which also is, is that snowball effect. Of course, I know I can do it. I just did it. I'll do it again. So it, it improves the confidence and the efficacy of the athlete um, when they know that they can make their body do what they want, what it wants to do. Okay. So. And sometimes there's um, there is a way to do something, and then everybody adapts to it in in a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So it's going to work. I get it's it's allowing you to tap into the muscle memory continually, so that at some point they don't need the device, or is it something? Yes. That- oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's a training device, so it's not used all. It's used for short periods of time. Um, intermittently, just, just as if you learn something, right? Once you learn it, you practice it. So it's not like a crutch that you wear all the time. Um, and it can be moved from person to person, to person, to athlete, to, to, uh, to different sports equipment. The beauty is the flexibility, right? There's a lot of other products or some other products that, that capture data. And then Mm -hmm. the data goes to a human and they decide how you have to move or how you should move. And then they show you, okay, see this picture of this person doing that, do that. But it's really hard to translate visual images into physical sensations. That's why the, the vibrations on the body can guide the person into and through that movement. So they, they get the aha thing. Oh, that's what you mean. Hmm. In fact, oftentimes when we do a demo with the product, you get that. We call it the aha face. Like, oh. And yeah. you're just teaching them to learn what it feels like increasing their kinesthetic awareness, what their own body feels like at certain times. It's not yeah. rocket science. It's just a way to deliver instruction through haptic feedback. Yeah. So l- let me ask you this, um, you know, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, when you first come up with an idea, mm-hmm. um, then you take it typically to some, you need someone to buy into it. Yes. <laughs> That's a yes. great idea. And we're going to yes. fund it. So right. yeah, tell me about the very beginning. Who was the first to kind of back you on oh, the I, idea? I can show you my friend, Sarah. This is the first one. It's just a Android um, board with, you know, uh, what do you call it? It's a kid's electronic set is what it is. And then I built the first one here. Okay. And then, uh, and then here's the next one, which can you imagine wearing this on your forehead, on your arm or something? And that this looks was, like an old fashioned camera, actually. I know it kind of does, doesn't it? It's yeah. got... Anyway, uh, (laughs) my friend, my best friend, 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kara is uh, is one of the ones I did the first um, demos on it. And then my other mm-hmm. friend, Ruth Johnson, they're like, this could be big. And 10 years later, you know, one master's, one PhD and, uh, and opened up the lab right at the beginning of the pandemic. Here I am talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how tough was it? Gosh, I, you know, I ask this often, how tough had, was it through COVID, you know, to be trying to, um, to be close to a launch, which I, which if I'm correct, it's a soft launch this first quarter. Yes. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So I opened the lab March of 2020. And as you know, that's when everything shut down. But it really gave me a good year and a half, almost two years to learn because I was I was an athlete and an academic. I had no idea about um I mean, basic mom and pop business, but about startups and venture funds and equity and all that stuff. Yeah. And I got to bounce the idea and do cat demos, you know, for about a year and a half with various ugly versions of it to get to where we are today. So good news, bad news. Um, everybody had the same issues in the pandemic. Nobody did anything. Everyone was confused. Uh, fun- funding essentially stopped through VCs. Um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, Sherry is is listening and watching behind the scenes. She just had a great question. She's asking if it's um, waterproof. So for oh, fantastic. So yeah. yeah, so it it will be right now. Uh, I just to test. Um, water is not a best medium medium to carry Bluetooth signals, so there might be some adaptation. But we have taken some of these and put them in uh, sealed baggies and used them for swimming strokes, uh, and that's. Um, the potential for that is huge because your your proprioception underwater changes quite a bit than it does if you're if you're on Earth, uh, you know, just normal gravity. The reason I say that is because I'm actually writing a grant to NASA to use the cat just to train astronauts in space um, because the zero the altered gravity tends to make you move differently. You don't, you don't know quite where your body is when yes. you're in, when you're in altered gravities. Wow. So wow. yes, excellent question. Excellent yeah. So um, where you are today with the company, who are you marketing? Who are you going to be your customers? Are they going to be organizations that train? Or are they going to be individuals or both? Excellent question. Excellent question. So there's three verticals now in the company. The, the lowest hanging fruit is the athletic part. I mean, I speak that language. Um, our, our, we've been testing it on sports for quite a while. Uh, And those are movement educators. Think of clinicians, uh, skills coaches, um, uh, 
athletic trainers, people that, that put their hands on someone else to move them in a certain way to be more efficient or safer or better or stronger, right? Uh, the other vertical is your, your clinical, so your PT, your OTs. Uh, in fact, the cat's in uh, two different case studies right now, one up in um, uh, north Northeast Coast and another one in Omaha in a neuro rehab center to train people who have had uh, either movement disorders or traumatic event or yes. paralysis or, or even uh, brain brain disorders to help them move better. And the third vertical is, is let's say, almost anyone else, meaning uh, police and firefighter, uh, army, soldiers, anybody that, that can move, anyone that has to move in a certain skilled way is where the device uh, can help. Wow. So that I know, I know it's, it's crazy. A lot. It's it's a lot. So are you do you have any trepidation that I mean I think it's gonna be big and it's broad for where mm -hmm. it can be effective. Um mm -hmm. let me ask you this. How big is your team right now? How many people are with you um and ready for the launch? And then Got do it. you anticipate, you know, needing to hire more because it's I think there's gonna be a lot of interest quickly. Yes, I think so too, and, and almost to a fault. Uh, and and what you get if you've ever had a startup, and you would know, you get you have to just be laser focused on on this particular thing, this product, and then the next day you say you have to be open to every opportunity that comes your way. So, <laughs> you know, you, you hear different things, every contrasting things every day. Yes, um, we we have there's five or six of us on the team right now. Four of us are ready to be sort of you know in our soft launch next quarter. You know, start to go full time, um, but there's you could hire a, a whole team just on the on the clinic on the clinician and the clinical trial side uh, with telerehabilitation because it's remote control. So if you had an exercise you had to do Sue and you had one of these at home and I was your therapist, I could control. I could almost as if you were in the clinic with me, moving your arms or moving whatever uh, body part you needed to be, be aware of. I could yeah. control it remotely since the pandemic telerehabilitation is is exploded in telemedicine so that's a whole other thing you could hire a whole team for that too yeah. so what our strategy is to uh, start with what we know sport and branch out and whichever one has the most momentum will direct our resources towards that you know i think the world of pt is going to be huge because mm -hmm. it's so very and i'll tell you i'm having some pt right now because i'm getting <laughs> old and um, i'm always confused on whether i am i pushing too hard or not enough you want to find right. that exact place right. right where you're going to do it properly exactly exactly so then you as a patient would log in with your phone and you put the thing on and it'd be like beep 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 beep, 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 beep tell you when to stop or when to keep yes. going yes. the other thing is is when you have confidence that what you're doing is exactly what your therapist wants you to do that improves your um your self-efficacy and your adherence to your at-home pt goes up yeah and your fear of getting hurt you know if you go too far you might hurt yourself so yes. it will stop you before you do that so we think some of the implications in, in clinical um, field would, would be amazing. Uh, and that's what we're excited for. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, we just have a few minutes left. And I always like to give my guests an opportunity to speak directly to the women that are watching uh, mm -hmm. that are, you know, um, they have their <clears throat> and aspirations, but they're still in that place of the fear. Um, and what would you say to them to help them get over that and just kind of go for it? Oh, uh, I'd say you have to love the process because there's never a time where it's like, oh, good. OK, now I can stop being stressed and stop all these other things that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're in love with the problem that you're trying to solve and in love with the process of trying to solve it, that's going to be helpful. Um, whatever you're doing now, it, you need to think that that's the thing you're going to be doing for a few years. It doesn't magically like, oh, now I hired someone and now I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, right. right. Um, the other thing is have a, a short attention span for disappointment, I think. Oh, that's a great, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Um, <clears throat> and uh, self-care self is overused, but, you know, take care of yourself. I, I, I had a shout out to my wife, Lori Inskeep who um, really adds balance 
to my life and I don't know what I did before I met her. So I would like to throw that out there too. Well, is she more, sometimes, you know, opposites attract because they help each other. Is she a little more mm -hmm. low energy <laughs> or does she have the same <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize I was high energy. Yeah, I guess I am. She is, uh, she is, she is, um, call her shy. She's shy at times. Yeah. Okay. But it's definitely opposite. She's got the, uh, as nerdy as I am in neuroscience and all that. Um, she's that way in human emotion. And, and I often tell her that the things that scare me, um, are not out in the world. That's easy. What scares me is some of the things, you know, within myself and introspection and, uh -huh. and things in my childhood and that type of stuff. Wow. Um, so I'm not afraid of things out there so much. Um, and, and she helps me get more in touch with myself. Oh, yeah. wow. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's a beautiful way to end the show. Um, I'm rooting for you. And I think this is going to be an incredible company Thank and you. I appreciate so much, um, your story and sharing it, you know, in such a candid way. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to the, you know, the, like you said, the, the things that kind of you struggle with, um, yeah. that are inside. They really are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all humans and, and feelings, your feelings don't age. Feeling sad at six is the same thing as feeling sad at 60. Yes. It's just your, your capacity to navigate through them changes. So respect that I think is, is kind of respect that of yourself. So, yeah. so thank you so much for having me on the show. I was so excited when you, when you contact me in December, um, yeah, this is amazing. A great experience. Well, great conversation. And I appreciate it. And we'll be sharing all of your, you know, uh, milestones as they occur. Oh, fantastic. That's okay. great. Thank right. you. Thanks so much. Stay with us now for uh, Sherry Marson, our Lifestyle Watch contributor. We'll be up next with uh, her segment with Anna Welsh. We'll be right back. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. The heat is on. In 2010, Philadelphia had a record of 55 days at or over 90 degrees. And those scorchers, they're on the rise. In fact, 10 of the 15 hottest summers occurred in the last two decades. Thank you for always trusting us to keep you informed. You're streaming and we're streaming. Get the AccuWeather forecast and severe storm alerts 24-7 on our 6ABC streaming app. Whether you're just getting started Already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. The big story on Action News tonight. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Today. Welcome to the Lifestyle segment of Women to Watch. I'm Sherry Morrison. Today I have the pleasure of introducing Anna Welsh, founder and CEO of Little Bags by Anna. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. This has been a, a great day of interviews, so much fun. I think, Anna, I'm really excited to interview you because I think you're one of the youngest entrepreneurs I know. Uh, Anna, please tell us a little bit about where you're from and your education and your hobbies. 
Yeah, so I'm from Wynwood, Pennsylvania, so right outside of Philadelphia. And I'm currently a senior at Harrison High School in their International Baccalaureate program. And outside of um, founding and running Little Bags by Anna, I'm the executive editor for my school newspaper, the Harrison Banner. So definitely have a passion in journalism. And then I'm also engaged in other community service organizations um, and charities outside of school as well. And very well spoken, I can tell. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit. Um, we'll rewind to, I know you went to sewing camp. And then after that, at a young age, which you need to divulge to us, you attended the Young Entrepreneurship Academy at what age? When did you start that? I started that when I was 12 years old. So going into sixth grade. Oh, my goodness. You were just a baby. And were you, was that the average age or were you younger than everybody else? I was a bit younger than everyone else. Um, it was designed for middle and high school students. So it ranged from sixth to 12th grade. And a lot of them were juniors or seniors in high school, really looking to get experience. But going in at sixth grade, I was really looking to not only get that experience, but then create a viable business. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. So how did you come up with the idea for Little Bags by Anna? Yeah. So it really started based off of my two passions, which um, is art and sewing, as well as education, which I can touch on a little bit then. But I went into the program and it was designed to help you write a business plan, pitch to investors and get startup funds. So I went in knowing that I wanted to do something with sewing since I'd been doing that since I was six years old. And there was one day when I made a couple clutch bags for my mom and she started carrying them around our little town and she got stopped by so many just random people on the street. And then even boutique owners who were saying, wow, you could even sell that here. And we're really interested in a product that I had made when I was just 11, 12 years old. And so going into this entrepreneurship program that was designed for selling and creating a product and a service. I thought, why not give these bags, which were so popular, a go? And that's exactly what I did. And then started to combine some other missions with sustainability and social impact. And five years later, here we are. Well, that's so much fun. I, I always say there's no better salesperson than a proud parent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? They tell the world. They are so happy about what their children are doing. So what year did you begin the business? So I fully launched it in May of 2017. So we just celebrated um, our five-year anniversary this past May. Oh, well, happy anniversary. <laughs> so your mission, uh, Little Bags by Anna's mission, is to make thoughtfully handcrafted bags that nurture the planet and the next generation. Mm -hmm. Now you employ how many people? I employ seven. Wow. And you're designing new bags all the time. You currently have seven different little bag designs on your website. What inspires the different designs? Yeah, so they're really, I create, um, along with our product design head, um, we create all of the designs in-house. And starting out, we started with the clutch bag, which was that first bag I'd made for my mom. And then what really sparked the other ideas were bags that I personally used. So I'm 18 now and the pencil case, our little skinny pouch that we made was for my makeup brushes, my pens and pencils. And the mini bag that we have is like my wallet when I go to the gym. So these are all bags that I personally use and something that I'm passionate about and that I think will resonate with our customers. And we've also done a lot of product collaborations. So one of them is our crossbody bag because some customers were really interested in having one that they could carry hands free. So we definitely encourage customer feedback, and we also really take that into account when creating our new products. Ah, well, that's a great idea. And, you know, getting everybody's feedback is so helpful. I know I always have ideas for things. Mm -hmm. I'm a big idea person. So, mm -hmm. um, and I saw a couple of bags I really liked. I love all the different materials. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, your, your um, you, you use different materials and they're, leftover materials from different designers from all over the place. Can you tell us a little bit about who you've partnered with and the material that you saved from landfill? Yeah. So when we say that we have a sustainable mission, that really goes back to all of the fabrics and materials that we use. So they're all leftover pieces from interior designers and remnants that were discontinued that these designers and manufacturers and warehouses would otherwise just throw into a landfill. 
And so we partnered with Ethan Allen and a lot of other small house interior designers, um, about 40 or 45 at this point, to really stop this cycle of all these materials ending up in a landfill. And this was an issue that I became aware of um, first when I started the business. So we fully launched it as a sustainable company. And we were also Green Circle certified to contain up to 96% recycled content. So that was something that I was passionate about from the get-go to really have that tangible number to tell to our customers to show um, that we really are only using sustainable materials. You've really covered it all. Um, so this has turned into more than Little Bags by Anna. You've teamed up with Treehouse Literacy in 2017. Yeah. So this is part two of where nurturing the planet and the next generation come into play. Please tell us a little bit about your partnership and about your mission with Treehouse Literacy. Literacy. Yeah. So the planet part is really with our sustainability aspect and then nurturing the next generation. That was the other passion that I had going into the entrepreneurship program. And so from a young age, I've always been really passionate about education and living right outside of Philadelphia. I soon became aware of the drastic need for new quality books, um, given the lack of libraries and public libraries in the schools in Philadelphia. And so I partnered up with Treehouse Books and they're a literacy center and giving library in Philadelphia. And they work to provide books free of charge to various schools um, in North and South Philadelphia. And today I've donated over $17,000 to support their cause, um, especially with their new program, the Treehouse Books on Wheels. So there's a van traveling all around Philadelphia, carrying new books for children to pick up. And it's just something that I was incredibly passionate about and something that I did partner um, with them in 2017. So we really worked closely to decrease the literacy statistics. And yeah, I'm really proud of continuing that in the future. Oh, I bet. And and I think the the uh, wheels program is something that you were a big part of developing. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, I donated um, $5,000 and really helped um, be there at their opening event, which I was so excited for. And even just being in Philadelphia and seeing the van go around, um, it makes me so happy to know that I was kind of an integral part in getting that up and running. You should be. Um, you're a very talented and smart young lady, and you're getting ready to graduate and head to college. You received a scholarship for college, and you were accepted for early decision. Congratulations. Where are you headed? So I'm headed to Boston University. So... I'll be majoring um, in business and doing pre-law, so I'm very excited for my next steps. Oh, that's super exciting, Anna. Um, so what does the future bring for you and Little Bags once you get to Boston? Yes, yeah, so a lot of people do ask me about, since I'm heading to college, kind of what are my next step with, steps with the business? And at this point, um, it is very self-running. I've been really fortunate to be able to hire employees. Um, and do all the production here in Philadelphia. So it's still all locally made. And when I head up to Boston, I still 100% plan on continuing the business. And something kind of new moving up there is our social impact is kind of geographically located in Philadelphia, even that is where I live. So kind of creating my new home in Boston, I hope to also continue um, to find new organizations there to help the education problem because I know it's not just something that exists in Philadelphia. So being up there, I hope to work hands-on with the community. So I'm excited for that in the future. Well, that's great. You just need to send your mother as the forward observer with a lot of your bags and you know, she'll be all over town bragging about you and you'll be selling, selling, selling and opening up doors everywhere. That's really great and so exciting. Um, and what's so much fun about the bags that you make is the patterns and of the, the designs are always changing because you're using um, I don't remember some of the companies that you said you are working with um, and using up their leftover materials. Um, mm -hmm. Who did you mention to me? Yeah, so Ethan Allen was one of our big ones. A lot of them are kind of smaller interior designers in the area who do also kind of accumulate a lot of this textile waste. But like you said, every bag is one of a kind, which really makes it unique to be carrying a bag up there that you're not going to see anyone else have. That's fun. And you can mix and match tassels to put on them, different colors, and do all sorts of different things to really personalize it. That's lots and lots of fun. Big ambitions and even bigger accomplishments. Kudos to you. 
Thank you. So we're getting close to wrapping up here. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your creativity and inspiration. Thank uh, not you. Not to mention all you do with sustainability and treehouse literacy. I know we will be hearing a lot more about you in years to come. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So for more information about Little Bags by Anna, to make a purchase, read their sustainability mission, make a monetary donation, or to learn more about their mission with treehouse literacy, and their impact, go to littlebagsbyanna.com. Thank you again for joining us. Sue will be right back to close out the show. Ladies, keep living your dreams. Action News, celebrating 50 years with AccuWeather. The heat is on. In 2010, Philadelphia had a record of 55 days at or over 90 degrees. And those scorchers, they're on the rise. In fact, 10 of the 15 hottest summers occurred in the last two decades. Thank you for always trusting us to keep you informed. You're streaming and we're streaming. Get the AccuWeather forecast and severe storm alerts 24-7 on our 6ABC streaming app. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, We'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The following is a real testimonial from the father of a young injured victim. I didn't think she was going to make it. Major Perry's daughter was the victim of a horrific accident caused by someone else's negligence. If you don't find the right counselor, law firm that you're looking for, you will get lost in the wilderness. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Bianculli Law Firm at 215-458-2222 and find out why they say, we got this. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. The big story on Action News tonight. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. That is it for another week of Women to Watch. Thanks so much for being with me. It was such a great show. We had um, an entrepreneur. We had a, another entrepreneur who started at the age of 12, really inspiring. It was great to hear her story. And thank you, as always, to our sponsors and Katiri, our fabulous producer. Next week is going to be a little interesting and different. We're going to have a gentleman on the show. I'm very excited to be able to interview Rick Edelman. He is an American investor and he's an author. And my husband and my son are his biggest fans. So they're excited as well. Stay tuned next week and have a great week, everyone. Thanks so much. Now the Women to Watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. In the military, we have something called an after-action review, or AAR for short. It's a simple but effective model to measure performance. After completing a mission, the soldiers and I would gather to answer five questions before we conducted our next mission. What was planned to happen? What actually happened? What worked well? What didn't work well? And how can we improve for the next mission? For me, the week between Christmas and New Year's Day is as much about looking backward as it is envisioning the future. So every year, I use this quiet time to conduct a personal AAR. These Carol reviews offer perspective and take a new lens to look at where I, my family, and my teams are now and where we can go in the future. 
The hope is that the information gleaned will shape how we go about our business and our lives in the year to come. Now, every service knows the most thorough, well-thought-out plan goes out the window once a mission starts. This isn't to say that the time spent planning was worthless, far from it. But like any New Year's resolution or quarterly business strategy, things change. But going through the planning helps us adjust to unforeseen dynamics. So long as we're okay, the path taking a few turns on the journey will be okay. From all of us here at Comcast NBC Universal, we wish you a happy new year and a wonderful start to your 2023. Winter weather is in the forecast, and you can trust Action News to keep you informed. No hype, just help. Cecily Tynan, Adam Joseph, and the AccuWeather team. Philadelphia's most trusted source for winter weather forecasting, only on Action News. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.